Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. Clark, it's over. Not according to Santa's watch, it isn't. Now, come on, son. Stay out of this, Dad. Clark, I think it's best if everyone just goes home before things get worse. Worse? How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. This is Soundtrack. And welcome to episode eight in our podcast series, Soundtrack. Mm. And we are here today. It's getting very exciting. We are less than a week away from Christmas. Christmas. And you know what? People might be a little bit confused because Mm. if you're an avid follower of the podcast, which Which we now have hundreds, many people are, dozens and dozens of followers, singles of singles of units of people. Yes. Um, they would realise that what we normally do is a movie, a movie, then a special. Mm-hmm. And then we do a movie, a movie soundtrack, and then a special. We did The last one we did was Karate Kid slash Cobra Kai, which was a movie slash TV series. Then we've jumped straight to special, but the reason for that is... What, what's the reason for that, Mick? Why did we do that? Well... We had a bit of a problem. We did have deciding. a discussion about this. Mm. Um, we had one particular Christmas movie in mind. Yes. And... We probably could have extracted enough music from that movie, yep. but we decided to give our listeners the full-blown Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Um, we think they deserve it, to be honest. They definitely do. For all the, all the toiling they've done and all This the, year. And for the year that we've had, but also the loyalty that they've shown. Yes. The thousands of reviews that they've put through and five-star ratings. Mm-hmm. They deserve, some, they deserve a little gift. And we're giving you your Christmas present from a little us, bit early. A little bit early from us to you. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. To you and to, to yours. you and to yours and to your kin. So, you know, we're going to nail it um, down to five films each. Yes. And top five. Gonna, so top they are, five. They are ordered. Yep. Yep. And, and we don't know each other's five nope. at this stage of the game. Similar to what we've done in the past with other specials. And... You're going to pick the 12 songs of Christmas, aren't you? I'm going to give our listeners a little treat. Mm-hmm. The 12 songs of, of Christmas. Christmas. Now, they're not going to be ordered because that would that would be very it's difficult. Too difficult. I can't order Christmas songs like that, so I'm just going to give you my 12 favourite Christmas songs. From movies. From movies, of course. Yes. Not all Christmas songs, from movies. Uh, all of them are in a movie, and I'll tell you what movie they're in and bit, you know facts about some of them. Uh, and then there'll be some honourable mentions as normal. Mm-hmm. Some from me, some from you, because I know there were some songs that I didn't feature that you wanted to throw in. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to be a fantastic time. Oh, this is going to be a great It's an exciting time of year. I'm excited. We've got the goat again. Yep. I'm we- sure. I think if we, the, the more podcasts we have where we're drinking Mountain Goat beer, I think they're going to probably be knocking on the door soon for some sort some of sponsorship. sponsorship. Some sort of sponsorship. Well, yes, they fuel us for our podcasts. It's a very refreshing beer, isn't it? Very enjoyable it's beer. Very, very, actually, yes, very enjoyable, enjoyable beer, beer. Mm-hmm. is what I need to say. Mm-hmm. Love the colours. We've got mm-hmm. a nice little bottle of it. It comes in cans. 
It's only 4.2% alcohol, so it's very, very good if you need to perhaps mm-hmm. go to a family event later. Which we are going which we to are, do. Well, yes, a friend Under event. 20 people. Under 20, of course. COVID safe, socially distanced. Um, and hand sanitizer at the door. But Mountain Goat is probably the greatest beer you'll ever drink. <laughs> go and pick yourself up a case right now for Christmas. Um, so, guys, can I kick off with maybe my top five? Yep. Um, and once again, this is going to be highly controversial. So we're getting, Christmas movies it, are Well, Christmas movies also cool. have a, it's a special time of year and I feel like people get really attached. Mm. Do you do the same thing with your beautiful wife that I do with mine, which is that you have a favourite and you alternate who gets to watch their movie each year? Not quite. I tend to dominate the decision-making <laughs> process around the Christmas. I don't dominate no, much no, else. No, no, no. no okay? I don't no, dominate much else. No. But no. I do pick the Christmas movie that we watch. Okay. On Christmas Eve, normally it happens. On Christmas Eve, normally. Okay, um, that's okay. If it doesn't happen on Christmas Eve, if there's some party or some issue... Well, there's also the the, the, uh, the, Chris, the carols in the domain... Not the domain, the carol, Christmas carols in Melbourne yes. on Christmas Eve, which yes. are very, very good. Do you like to get them? We like to watch yearly? them. I like to watch Anthony Kalia. He usually comes on last because he's very good with his uh, sparkly microphone. I'm usually asleep by then. <laughs> I usually I usually fall asleep just after the Wiggles have got off stage. <laughs> you fall asleep with the kids to Wiggles. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got to say, I, we're probably not consistent with the carols. With the carols. It might be, maybe it's rotating one or two. That's all right. Um, one every second year. But but around that period, 23rd, 24th, there's a, there's yes. a Christmas movie somewhere in there. And yes. you like to dominate when that's viewed and what it is. As the Christmas spirit normally culminates towards yep. the very end, the pinnacle, Yep. Um, it tends to be the same movie that gets played. And then there's is a second I assume it's your number one. It is. But I won't go there first. Okay. No, please don't. Um, so I think with everyone's Christmas movies... Um, a lot of it has to do with how, once again, how old you were yep. when you watched them. Yep. You know, when you were, were you Santa believer and all that sort of stuff. So the yes. age category is really important. Yep. Um, my number five, probably not in everyone's number five, but it's The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Wow. Yeah. That is a good film. Yeah. It that was, is a, quite a good film. I think it was made mid 90s, okay. 94, 95, I'm guessing around then, probably yes. just after Home Alone 2, something like that. Yep. So. Um, I would have been 10 or 11. So I'm right in the sort of sweet spot Perfect of, of watching those movies. For a Christmas movie. And it had great special effects. Tim Allen was, you know, a big star with Home Improvement. Yep. It's funny. Um, it, was a, it was a funny movie. Um, oh, look, yeah, it just makes my top five. It just, it just creeps in there. I love it. Um, there aren't any particular songs from that movie that, that I'm going to mention today. Yep. Um, nothing comes to mind. Nothing was... Um, you know, I suppose uh, hit the, the sort of top of the pops. Yep. In that in that film, but in Norway. That's my number five. <laughs> um, number four. Uh, so we. Uh, so you going to you, you want sorry, to do a full no, five, or you want your, to go back and forth? Let's hit your number. Okay, five. let's go. My number five is actually not the movie that I choose first. Mm. If my wife and I talk about what movies we want to watch, this is her favorite. Mm-hmm. But it's become. It's grown of, on it's you. It's become one of my top fives. I did like it. I don't. I never disliked it, but the more that I've watched it with her, and it's coming to the rotation, really enjoy it. Number five, Love Actually. Love Actually. Yeah, love Actually. Beautiful film. It's a great film. It's a great film. Yeah, and a more, it's a a tear more recent one. It's a heart warmer. Mm. More recent. Great actors. Lots of great actors in there. Lots of great storylines. 
Was that the first one of those? Culminate. There was like that type of movie where there was like eight stories happening at once. I don't know, but there, uh, maybe there are a lot I feel of like things, that was and the they first all one. they all inter, they start interspersing as the movie goes yeah. on, which is great. Yeah, that because you cool. think they're completely separate, and then they realise, oh, hold on, that's There's kind of related to that, and, stuff, and yeah. they kind of come across, across each other's paths, which is good. I reckon that would have made my top five if I was younger when it came out. I think. Yeah. So you've associated a lot to when I was being young. A ch- the, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, there you go. Something different so far. Okay, that's good. That's interesting. Something that's not in either top five. I like. And that. I'm assuming some of the music will feature. Later there's a, there's a couple of songs because there's I'll a lot touch of music on. There's some good that, music in that. Yeah, I'll touch on some of that. All right. So number four for me is probably the arguably one of the funniest of the five. Mm-hmm. Elf. Ah, very good film. Yeah. So very very good. Film. Um, starring Will Ferrell. Um, I won't mention the song yet because I don't want to get to that point. But yep. there is a favorite song of mine in that in that film as well. Yep. And I was a little bit older when it came out, but Will Ferrell was huge at that point. Yeah. So Step Brothers and the other guys, etc. So, um, yeah, it was one of the funniest ones, I think, because it hits a mark with kids, but also when you watch it as an adult, there's a lot of other references. And- well, I think, well, I think actually that was his first lead film. Really? I think I saw have this... I mean, have I got these in the wrong order? Yeah, I think so. I think I saw this the other day where... He was only doing Saturday Night Live stuff. It was very funny on Saturday Night Live. And the producers or director wanted him to be the lead actor mm. and they didn't think that he had it in him to actually be a lead actor in something. He may have only done that Night at the Roxbury, which was a spin-off. From that's, ex- that's exactly right, yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. The, the, movie, the only movie he'd done before that was Night at the Roxbury, yes. <laughs> but then you're right, straight after that. That's when he sort of took off. That's when he blew up. Mm. Um it's not a mainstay. It doesn't get played every year. I've got... You, obviously, you'll laugh at me, but I've got the DVD of Elf. The D... Okay? Well, yes, okay. Um, well, say that again. D... The DVD. <laughs> don't know what it stands for. Yeah, no, no, no. All good. Um, All good. Um, but yeah, it doesn't come out every year, but it certainly gets a Guernsey every now and then. It's fantastic. And I, what I also watched in that um, special on, on Elf recently, just randomly, probably because it was the time of year to watch these things. Saw it somewhere. Um... A lot of the um, forced perspective, they call it, I think, where they actually made Buddy look heaps bigger because he ended up... Remember how he, as yeah. a kid, he, he realised that he was actually a human. Yeah. He wasn't an elf. So very quickly and he shouldn't he have been there. The but the way that they shot it, the director hadn't... Re- uh, the, the director of photography hadn't done a lot of this properly before but said, but knew, knew what needed to happen to make Buddy look good and everyone's like, nah, I don't know if this is going to work. But he knew what, what should happen and it took a while... To set a lot of the shots up, but when mm. he actually did it, it looked brilliant. So they could have him, you know, they'd have him, for example, you know how he sits on um, Bob Newhart's lap. So what they would have is they would have him sit down on someone else who would hide behind Will Ferrell and just have their legs kicking underneath him. But then they would have a shot of Bob, they would, they would have Bob Newhart sitting, you know, five meters behind right. with his head popping up, making it look like he's got this tiny <laughs> little head. Um, and things like that. And they had, you know, his desk when he's mm. sitting in the desk next to the little elf next to him. He's sitting in a desk that might be a couple of metres further forward. But the right. way they shot it made it look like they were side by side. Yeah, so it, you would have thought it was computer generated yeah, graphics, but it, it was wasn't. All it was just, just trick photography. It was all just perspective, mm. which is amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Your number um, four? No, my number four. Don't know if this is in your top five. I know you do enjoy this and I know you love this actor. So I think it might be. But my number four is Scrooged. 
Oh, wow. Yes. Great, great. great. It's not in my five, but it's in and around the five. And I was talking about this today with my sister-in-law when I drove down here today, and I was saying that it's a great film because he's fil- he's a TV exec that's making a Christmas tale. Yes. But then it starts happening to him, and he's yeah. making a Christmas tale, and all he cares about is profits. Which and- really confused me when I watched it yeah. when I was younger, because I think I watched it probably when I was 13 or something. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't quite get, I didn't get the double story thing going on, and but when, it's really smart. It's very smart, and when he yeah. gets first started getting visited by these ghosts, he thinks that it's actors in the thing that they're making. Yeah. But then realizes, okay, this is actually happening to me. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. One of the really, darker Christmas one ones. One of the darker ones, but obviously a spin on a very famous tale. Taylor Scrooge and there yeah. was a Muppets one about about it as well and and um, Bill Murray I mean and Bill Murray at that time you know late 80s was kind of I don't think it would have been as good without him like if you think about no, movies that need that no, central character absolutely absolutely he made that movie the yeah. way he carried um, that character and I think that's probably just why I like it it was just it was classic Bill Murray mm. and at that time Bill Murray was you know one of the kings of comedy yeah and uh, very good choice yeah so there you go so that's okay. my four right. well, we've differed already that's, this, mate, is, this is fantastic I wonder if our three are going to be similar though I'm sure that our top three are going to be quite similar i.e. the same but well, that's well maybe a, not maybe the same. different order you might have a you, I've got controversy coming up that you may have a different opinion on so let's go okay, okay. okay. number three now it's getting really difficult to split these movies mm-hmm. okay but number three is Die Hard my okay. number three. Okay, there you go. So we're, we're bang on with the number <laughs> we're three. Back to, we're back. And, and back actually, I, we should have probably done this at the beginning, but we, we didn't kind of talk about how we ranked what? our five. Like what were the different components of the movie we were even assessing? Are they the quality of the movie? Right. How related it is to Christmas, how True. central Christmas is. True. I kind of, my rule of thumb was the, obviously the quality of the movie, the how it encapsulates Christmas. Right. How related it is to Christmas and also yep. my connection to it as a kid. Wow. Die Hard probably would have been further up the list, even yes. more than three. Yes. But it doesn't, it's not... doesn't tick some of those boxes. Yeah. Like it, it's probably a five or six out of ten. It is a movie made at Christmas. Around Christmas. But not about... Not, it's not Christmas centric. There's lots of Christmas references. There are lots of Christmas I now have a machine gun. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. Um, yes. But he... It's not necessarily no. the central theme. No, and we should have talked about that. That mm. I'm glad that, oh, that was my controversy, but I'm okay. glad that we're kind we've of on the same page with that. Mm. And there are some other movies that I also found that are set at Christmas, which I'll talk about after our fives, mm-hmm. um, which you think, could that be considered, a, is it a Christmas movie or not? Yeah, I know where you're going to go I, with it. I, do, I think that anything kind of set around Christmas with some Christmas references is acceptable mm-hmm. because it is Christmas time and we sure. need to be accepting and I think you just yeah. need to get involved in whatever gives you pleasure. Okay. All right. I'm happy with that. But there would be a lot of people that would say, unless it's Christmas-centric and has a story to do with Christmas mm-hmm. and people celebrating, talking about Christmas and celebrating, then it doesn't count. So anyway, that's okay. Okay. Listen, I'm with you on listeners that. Listeners can tell us. Yes. If they go to at Soundtrack Guys on Twitter, um, they can tell us exactly what they think about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie and what they think really makes a Christmas movie. So we were talking a bit about um, Will Ferrell and you'd said that was one of his earlier roles. Mm. This for Bruce Willis was pretty much the first action movie he starred in. So before that he was in Moonlighting. Yep. That's what he was known for. Yep. Um, They didn't even have his face on the DVD cover or the the posters, etc. Because they 
were cons- they were worried about people not coming because they didn't they didn't think Bruce Willis could be an action lead. Have we had this conversation before already on this podcast? Yeah, but we haven't covered Bruce. Um, Bruce no, Willis I was right thinking. Now. But do you, does this sound very? This familiar? sounds very. <laughs> it almost sounds like we've had this conversation before. I think we. I don't know where, but maybe but, because oh, you know what I think. Of, I think in one of our previous episodes, which if you haven't checked them out, listeners, make sure you go back and do that. Um, I think that in one of her previous episodes, he may have been. You know how we always talk about people that they wanted to have as the as the lead. Ah, uh, right. I think he was potentially someone that could have been he in was something referenced. earlier, maybe Belly Hills Cop or something. Yes, potentially, or but whatever. Yeah. And then we maybe went into him anyway. Sorry, keep going. But to contradict that, he was paid five million dollars, which at the time was an obscene amount of money. So they made, they had a big gamble on him being the lead action star. He hadn't been in an action movie before. They paid him five million bucks to be in this movie and then obviously like it is the like it's the beginning of so many action movies wow the whole central like and even of, just even just action movies in that series in yeah Die- oh yeah <laughs> the just Die- the Die Hard series even in the Die Hard franchise yeah but like all the movies that came after that mm. where you've got you know an action star stuck mm. needs like Under Siege and mm. all these other sort of movies it mm. sort of spawned like the action films after it yeah so yeah it was the pioneer of its time. I do remember hearing that. We must have discussed that because it was just the towers, wasn't it? They yes. Didn't want Bruce's. Yeah. And wasn't it something that after they showed the first screening of it, people were laughing or something yeah, when he yeah, came yeah, on yeah. screen? Yeah. Because they assumed it was going to be comedic. More of a comedy. Which it is kind of like there are some some, some sort of comedic parts. Yeah. But- he actually hung out with a whole bunch of cops. You know, they get into the role and they yeah. were. And he actually... Um, he witnessed them having really dark humor because it was sort of the way that they, you know, they kind of connected get, with each other. Yeah, and, and also how they, um, you know, survive through and manage through their jobs because it would be a very difficult stuff. job. Yeah, yeah. So they used a lot of dark humor, a lot of jokes. Yep. Um, in the course of their in the course of their role, so he he had that with his character as well. He was That's always great. joking and stuff. That is so good. But, um, you can see that now when you think about the, a lot of the jokes and things that he says to himself and whatever. Yeah, yeah. you can see that that's. It's the way that from, kind of police, yeah, might interact with those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And one more thing about this movie, which I think was pretty funny. Um, obviously, it's a, a movie about a guy who um, is going to see his wife, and then the whole is it Nakatomi? Nakatomi, Nakatomi building Nakatomi Plaza um, yeah. gets you know is under siege from the German terrorists. Mm. But actually, out of all the terrorists in that movie, none of them were German. There was like I think one. One of them was German. The rest of them were all English and Russian and etc. Et <laughs> but actually, Bruce Willis himself was born in West Germany. He's got a, he's got a German mum. So actually, he was more German than most of the, the only German, <laughs> including Hans Gruber, who was Alan Rickman. Gruber, right? yeah, Rickman, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. Um, yeah. this was his actually this was Alan Rickman's first. Sort of mainstream American role. How good is Alan Rickman? He'd been in lots of English. God rest films. his soul. Oh, what a legend! What a legend! Yeah, um, and that that basically spawned his Hollywood career as well. Wow! So that's so and for good, good reason because how good was he? Like he's amazing. If we ever did a, a show about big best villains or whatever, like he'd got to be in the top five. His portrayal. But the good thing good. was because he's got a British accent as well. Remember when he tries to pretend that he's not German but he's American? <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because you could kind of see him doing like a pretty bad American accent. Yeah. Which is hit, which is funny because he's a British guy trying to trying do an to American, do American accent guy. who's actually a German pretending to be American. Hilarious. Um, oh, right. Okay. So that's my that's my number three. All right. So, well, and that was my three. So what's your two? Let's go back to your, let's go to your number two now. All right. My number two, once again, really difficult to split these two, but two is Home Alone. 
Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know our number one's going to be. We know same. exactly what the number one is. Do you want yeah. to say it now? No, yeah. let's talk about Home Alone. Okay, let's talk let's about Home Alone. So Home Alone came out in I think ninety two or ninety one, maybe. If you want to Google that, I think it might. I think it may have been earlier. I think it mean may have even been late eighties. Ninety. Was it nineteen ninety? Okay, so I was six. For some reason, did you did you watch that at the movies? I don't think I would have seen it in the movies. I think I, I did. Think the, I think the first movie I saw was, was until year six when we saw The Lion King. <laughs> Tim, Shaw, Tim Shaw's birthday. I'm party. so sure that I watched that at the movies. At the cinema. Yeah. As a six-year-old. Which is interesting because I don't know if I'd let my seven-year-old watch Home Alone. There's a lot of I showed violence our seven-year-old. I, I've, sh- I've shown them both, okay. Home Alone 1 and 2. I don't think – I don't – Count anything after that as, as a home alone flick? No, oh, good night. Um, and the first one they loved, but my seven year old did not like Home Alone two the other day. We only saw it last Why? Saturday. Too scary. She was just she's very empathetic, too empathetic, and she right. just thought that the criminals were getting actually hurt, and she felt horribly wow. bad. For That's them. A, actually um, it's a good trait to have. Impressive. It's say, not, impressive. It is a nice yeah, trait to I, have. I recently, but not good for those kind of slapstick. No. <laughs> yeah, because I, I weirdly it was on a couple of nights ago and I watched like 20 minutes of it and I, I turned it on at the moment they were all getting attacked by all the booby traps and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was starting to feel sorry for those guys because... Yeah. but some of it's pretty... Some of it's extreme. If you think about it, and that's the thing. A lot of things are a bit too real now with the internet and back mm. then you, you could tell that it was so far-fetched that it was almost like a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, it was cartoonish, yeah, right? But that's not But you couldn't make that today, I don't that think. That doesn't seem to be the case now. I don't know what it is. But kids don't Well, I bet you I if you watched because Home Alone three or four, it would be so completely mm. tame. Oh, it is. Isn't it? It is. I haven't even seen them, but I remember. No, 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 I'm pretty sure I've seen one of them or maybe both. They are much more tame. Yeah. Much more tame. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. So so um yeah, so <laughs> okay. Home Alone um a couple of funny things that I sort of read about Home Alone. Yeah, One, Buzz's girlfriend. You know the photo? Yeah. Um, Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> the director was so... Um, so Chris Columbus was, was you know, didn't want to make... Didn't want anyone to sort of use a real female picture for that. In so case she was then seen out in the streets Yeah, later. so it's actually somebody's son. Oh. <laughs> it's actually not a girl at all. It's <laughs> the, the art director's son is that picture. <laughs> Dressed up to be a With girl, a wig. which is hilarious. <laughs> That's good. Um, at the time when this came out, it was the highest grossing comedy of all time at that point, and it was f- almost $500 million. Wow. It was the highest grossing film in the US. Yep. Only one movie in the same year, so 1990, yep, was, was grossed higher internationally. Oh. Try and guess what it is. 1990. And it would have... A pretty epic soundtrack to go with it. Can you give me a little hint? So an actor, a genre, something. Supernatural. Supernatural. Supernatural romance. A supernatural Superman. No. <laughs> Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Was the only film that beat it internationally that Ghost. year, and that has a great soundtrack too. Yeah. Um, very famous one. Yeah. Um. And the other funny thing, it has a link to Die Hard, a, a real very sort of random link to Die Hard. Ghost does. No, sorry. Oh, I'm alone. I'm alone does. Sorry. Um, when, you know that scene where he steps on, he, he, when he, um, Macaulay Culkin sets up all the stuff that he needs, like the nails and all the stuff mm. that he steps on? Yep. 
Daniel Stern actually has rubber feet. Really? Yeah, to make to obviously be able to carry that scene. I think I know what you're going to say. The exact same thing they put on um, McLean when he's in Die Hard when he's standing on all the glass. On the glass. Yeah. So really? that interesting reference between the two movies. Wow. Okay. And one more thing I think is interesting to this that I think is worth mentioning is there is a um, urban legend. Yes. That um, Elvis appears in this film. So uh, obviously. Obviously, he'd passed he away passed away. at this point. Yes, yes. Um, but as an extra in the scene where um, Macaulay Culkin's mum is arguing, I think, with the airport teller, yep. he can be seen in the background. He's the exact right body shape, face. He's like age is perfect for how old he would have been at the time. And they actually had private investigators. It was got so big that this they became a big actually thing. came looking to see whether it was, whether it was him. And they debunked it. And it wasn't that long ago they debunked it. And they wow. found out it was a different person who died. But yeah, like, yeah. Watch it for yourself, interestingly. Did this person also die in the toilet? No. Okay. They died more recently. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I actually have a couple of things that about Home Alone 2. Yeah. Uh, not Home Alone 2, Home Alone as well. Yeah. Um, one of them, and they're both to do with John Candy. Okay. So John Candy was a good friend of, of John Hughes. Yeah, of course. Who yeah. made a lot of amazing comedies throughout the 80s. And yeah, um, and so he got John Candy to be involved almost like as a favour kind of mm. thing. Mm. So John Candy was in the film almost as like just because he loved John Hughes and they kind of had this thing together. Um, so he wasn't actually paid very much at all, John right. Candy. The, you know the guy, you know the pizza guy? Oh yes, the yeah, pizza yeah, yeah, kid yeah. that just yeah. goes, that keeps knocking over the keeps statue, knocking over the statue, and then comes back later and he puts on the thing and mm. scares him away. That guy made more than John Candy <laughs> for being in the movie. For being in the movie, Jeez. Um just because he's his mate. Yeah, and also another thing is he said he'd do it, but he didn't want a script. So every bit of dialogue in that movie from John Candy is 100 percent improvised. Wow! And Chris Columbus and the others on set were just losing it. With what he was coming up with, you know, the funeral story, talking about leaving <laughs> no, his son, yeah. leaving his kid, made up. Wow. Made up. What a genius. Yeah. He was a comedy genius, yeah. Candy. Um, so there he goes. Well, look, we know what our number one is. Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. <laughs> and I watch well. it yeah. every single year. That's the one, that's the movie that I do. That's my chop. That's my choice. Whenever yeah. I have to, yeah, whenever yeah. it's my, yeah. t- my yeah. turn, I say, let's throw it on. I just, it never gets old. It doesn't feel like Christmas unless I've watched it. Me too. I'm happy to leave it as late as Christmas Day, mm. the evening of Christmas Day. I'm perfectly comfortable knowing that at the end of the function I'm going to, that I'm going to watch it that <laughs> night, right? <laughs> but if it gets to Boxing Day, but if it gets to Boxing Day, I haven't you watched are it. sweating. Like, I literally haven't had Christmas yet. It hasn't been watched. <laughs> like, that's how, that's how, I, I can't remember the first time I watch it, watched it. Um, but I remember when I watched it, I knew it would be a mainstay. Yep. Like the family, we were, I think we were on holiday. I can't, as I said, I can't remember exactly where, when or where, but I think the family was together watching mm. it, all just cracking up. Yeah. And it depicts so the, 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 the madness of your family <laughs> turning Absolutely. up for Christmas so well. Absolutely. As a lot of our listeners would have heard from our opener to the episode. Absolutely. Where Clark is, gets a little bit, he just wants to have a perfect Christmas with his family. That's all he wants. Yeah. That's all we all want. Exactly. Does it ever happen? Rarely. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, what a great flick. And so many quotes. Oh, so, so many, many, many quotes. How, how often, especially around this time of year, 
do you find yourself quoting that movie? Mm. My sister and I, and I know that Catherine listens to this, so hello, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Um, she, her and I just go back and forth. We can pretty much recite almost the entire movie <laughs> back and forth, and the quotes just are always flying around this period. And um, Elaine is in it. Which is yes. funny at the time. Yeah. I don't, that was before Seinfeld, wasn't it? Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Margot. <laughs> that was, would have been before Seinfeld or maybe right at the very beginning. Because um, Christmas Vacation is Christmas 89. Vacation. Okay. I yep. think it's 88. It is 89. Yeah. And Seinfeld, yeah. I reckon I Seinfeld started, was 89. Yeah, around that same time. Around then. So yeah. that's when her star yeah. there you began. Yeah. It started in 89, yeah. It's the only vacation movie not to include Holiday Road oh, in it. Right. So that's yep. not in it. Yep. Also, they don't really go on a They're not really thing. going anywhere. It's the only one where they don't home. go yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Except to get that um, tree at the start. Yep. Obviously, that's not really a road but They're trip. singing Christmas carols for that one yep. together. Take it, Russ. Um, and the film never actually, you don't actually get to see Christmas Day. It ends on Christmas Eve. Which <laughs> oh, is it does right, too. When you think about it. That's true. That is true. Um, and the last thing I sort of thought was interesting was that, um, and also relevant to music, they asked Lindsay Buckingham, they really wanted him to do the soundtrack for it or to, to, to make some music right, for some it. songs for it, yeah. But he rejected it because at the time he was thinking, I don't want to be branded as a soundtrack person. He yes. wanted to branch out a bit more. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. they couldn't get Lindsay Buckingham right. in. But it's also a John Hughes written one. So our number one and number two are John Hughes. There you go. There you go. What a man. What does that say? He owns Christmas. He buddy. owns Christmas. He's got the copyright for Christmas. 100%. We have to ask written permission to celebrate Christmas every year. And we <laughs> do. God. And thankfully he says yes. Now, um, all right. So should we go through the... Actually, no. Before we go through the um, 12 songs of Christmas... Yes. Should I go through some other movies that I found that are set around Christmas... Yes. ...but are not Christmas-centric... Okay. After we talked about Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'll know some of these. Yep. They're very well well known movies, but they're not necessarily Christmassy. Okay. One of them is a chick flick, which is actually one of my favourites. You may not know this. Serendipity. You ever seen that? No. John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale. Beautiful movie. Great movie. John Cusack, I like. Beckinsale. Haven't chick seen flick. Set around Christmas. A little okay. Christmassy, actually. Could right. be considered one of the more Christmassy ones on this Someone list. Someone we need, you know, need to talk about a bit more. Yeah, check that out. You've got Mail. Christmas as well. Around Christmas. Okay. Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Friday After Next. Have you seen the Friday movie series? There's no. Friday, Next Friday, and then Friday After Next. No. Are they good? Very, very good films. Okay. And the third one, Friday After Next, set at Christmas. And, and some Christmassy music and a lot of Christmas references. The Shining. Is that a Christmas? It's a set around Christmas. Okay. They're going away for the holidays. Right. Okay, good. Um, Batman Returns. And also Batman and Robin. Okay. Both set around Christmas. Interesting. See, this is the thing. You may not notice. It's, it's a decoration mm. here or there, but it is. they are set around this time. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I yep. remember Lethal Weapon. Yep. First Blood. Rambo. There's Christmas decorations in the, in the police. There's um, a Christmas tree in the, in the station. police station oh. and the town is decorated for Christmas. Wow. Okay. And the last one, which is relevant to our previous episodes, which our listeners should go back and listen to one by one, and that is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wow. From our James Bond special. There you go. Also set around Christmas. So there you go. You're going to have five awesome Christmas action movies. Absolutely. So if you're too cool for school and you want to watch five Christmas movies, well, mate. But you still want to get a bit of a Christmas vibe in the background. Absolutely. 
Go for it. Plenty of options. There's a list for you guys. Love it. All right, the twelve songs of Christmas. You ready to go? So many now, great songs. Great songs, and you're going to mention some. You're going to mention some honourable ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to also do that. But my twelve songs of Christmas or mm-hmm. the soundtrack. Sponsored by Mountain Goat. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> very enjoyable beer. Twelve uh, songs of Christmas. Not in any order. No. So I'm just going to go from one to twelve. Number one, Melakalikimaka. Melakalikimaka is a wise way. By Bing Crosby. Melikilikimaka is a thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikilikimaka is um, Which we know is from Christmas Vacation when he's imagining himself having a pool, which he wants to put in for his family. Um, <laughs> it was written, A lot of these songs actually you'll find when I go through them, they're written quite early. They're, they're quite old songs. Yeah. A lot of these. Yeah. So 50s was, and 60s. Yeah, right? this was written in 1949. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and the song title literally translates to Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas yep. in Hawaiian. Um, in Hawaiian. So there you go. And we know the scene, great scene in Christmas Vacation. Number two is I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas by The Drifters. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen And children listen To hear Sleigh bells in the snow The snow I'm alone Yep Uh, Is he getting ready? He's getting ready and actually Another thing that I saw about that the other day was he was his instruction, Macaulay Culkin's instruction, was to tap the aftershave on his cheeks and then bring his hands down and, and scream, because which doesn't really make sense because it only really stings if you've actually shaved. shaved. <laughs> um, yeah, I never quite got that. Yeah, so he, but he he left his hands up there, just improvised, just left his hands up there, which then mm. ended up becoming like the poster for the movie and one of the most iconic yeah. things of him with his hands on his cheeks, <laughs> which he was never meant to do. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's a good. That's a great song from, from Home Alone. Number three is Run DMC. Christmas, Christmas in, in Harless. From? Die Hard. This is the scene where 
Bruce is getting driven by the limousine driver mm-hmm. to Willis. Willis to Nakatomi Tower. Yep. And um, it falls into your category of being referenced in That's the right. actual film. He puts it in the. Well, he turns it on the music and 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 um, Bruce, Bruce Willis says or McLean says, "You got any Christmas music?" This is this Christmas, Christmas music. music. That's right. <laughs> and then the opening lyric comes in. It was December twenty fourth, <laughs> um, which signals when the film set Christmas Eve. Various Christmas songs play throughout the film, but the plot has nothing to do with the holiday, as we said. It's led to a debate over whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, and Bruce Willis says it's not. He says it's not. Yes. Well, it's not the central well, thing. No, but it is Christmas it's not Eve. A Christmas movie, but I reckon that he'd throw it on every now and then. And Die Hard Two is Christmas too, isn't it? Is it? Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, it is. He's on his way to see her for or Christmas. Or is it Valentine's? No, he's wait. No, it is. It's Christmas. He's got the big bear. Is that a Christmas present or is that a Valentine's Day gift? I'm pretty sure. I have uh, Die Hard 2. I've only seen a couple of no, times, but I think it's Christmas. I think it's Christmas too. Yeah. Yep. All right, number four. On the fourth day of Christmas, we had mm. Here Comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus Lane. Fixing and blitzing and all his reindeer pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys. By Gene Autry. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Mm, that's good. Uh... And I think is that is this when we're um, where is here comes Santa Claus? Here comes Santa. It's at the end when the FBI and everyone's oh, going into the, and that's where it comes in, mm-hmm. which is perfect. A great juxtaposition there, mm-hmm. as we like, because mm-hmm. it's not Santa Claus coming; it's the Feds. It's the Feds. Uh, number five is a made-up song for the movie, not a real song. Christmas is all around us from Love Actually. Because Fantastic. Love Is All Around is from that other, is it Four Weddings, Four Weddings and a Funeral? Four Weddings and a Funeral, yeah. Which is another British... Yeah, another great British film. Yeah. Another great British chick flick, love love, love film. Um, what are they called? Romantic comedy. Romantic comedies. Um, so, I feel it in my fingers. I feel and it And it's sung my... by that... Oh, I, can't, I can't think of him. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. That's right. Great actor. Yeah, love him. Um, number six, from Scrooged. At the end of Scrooge, they all sing this. The cast all sings this, and then the real song comes in the credits at the perfect feel-good moment where you're you're crying, you're laughing, you're dancing. 
Put a little love in your heart oh. by Annie Lennox and Al Green. <laughs> oh, I love Al Green. You love Al Green, I know that. This is actually written by Jack, Jackie DeShannon in 1969, um, and then Annie Lennox and Al Green covered it for the movie, uh, and their version reached number nine in the US, Wowzers. and it reached the top 40 in five other countries, mm. one of them being Norway. Well, I don't know. We're just making that okay. up. Um, number seven is, and I know you love this one, Mick, The Spirit of Christmas oh. by Ray Charles. What is this? this Tell me is where it is. Christmas vacation, and Clark Griswold has got himself um, stuck upstairs in the attic. In the attic, and he's found himself an old film reel. Mm. And I'm just I'm getting emotional even thinking about of him it. and his father. Yeah, just his watching his, his Christmases as a kid. Yeah, and what he's trying to recreate. He's trying to recreate. That's that all moment. he wants. Oh, he's it a good quite guy. Sad. He's a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Got a good heart. Um, this song comes on and. This is in my top two, top three Christmas songs. Great song. Love it. Absolute, absolute classic. And perfectly, I love how they just, as soon as she opens up that. It turns <laughs> off, yeah. It just cuts Good. and he just falls. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Um, number eight in the 12 songs of Christmas. 
Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Oh, yeah. By Brenda Lee. <laughs> <laughs> When he's having the party, trying to yeah, try Michael to, Jordan's you know, going around. The train. Michael Jordan's on the track, and he's yeah. got all the dummies. Where are they getting all these dummies in the Callisters? <laughs> Where are they hoarding? And how does Mister McAllister afford that house too? That's a lot of <laughs> a lot of kids. In, anyway, and he's afforded to take his whole family on a trip, and he's what making he some serious point. Like? I want to do that. Um, now, this song was written by Johnny Marks, who was a very prolific Christmas songwriter. I didn't get in that gig. He just knew how to write a Christmas song. So he he um, he wrote other songs like Harley Jarley Christmas. Have a Harley Jarley. Wrote that song. And he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, jeez. So Harley Jarley Christmas. His family are feeling that in one In 1949. 1949 he wrote that. Wow. Now Brenda Lee, who sang this song, um, was only 13 wow. when she recorded it. Oh, recorded it. When you think about that song, does that sound like a 13-year-old girl? No. Not at all. It sounds like, a, like a, an older lady. She recorded it in 1958, oh, 13 years old. They called her Little Miss Dynamite and she stood four foot nine. Jeez, that's, that's mind-blowing. 13 years old. It's a very strong voice. Listen to that song again mm. and think to yourself, there's no way this is a child. Anyway, that's crazy. Um, on the ninth day of Christmas, mm. Santa brought to me. Christmas Vacation, oh. the theme of the <laughs> movie Christmas by Mavis Stapleton. <laughs> yeah. Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bells swing and Jingle Bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the Jingle Hop has begun. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell's time. Now, this is it's considered the first mainstream rock and roll Christmas song released in 1957, another oldie. What movie is it from? Um, well, here we go. Not a Christmas movie, but a Christmas scene. Might be controversial. Um, mean Girls. <laughs> uh, one of the very famous dance from, dance from Mean Girls. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so I threw that in there because Mean Girls is actually one of my favourite movies of all time. It's a good movie. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a fantastic Christmas song. Um, it's been used in several TV shows, this song, including The Wonder Years, Chuck, House MD, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy. It's also featured in movies Lethal Weapon, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, Jingle All the Way, oh, wow. and Vanilla Sky. Mm. Jingle All the Way we haven't mentioned, which is... Yeah. I accidentally... I tried to rent that a couple of Christmases ago and accidentally bought it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've got it. So now we've got it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've watched it since then. It is a, I mean, it's a good, it's not a it's, bad it's flick. It's funny. It's not yeah. a bad flick. Yeah. It's Arnie. I mean, Arnie, Christmas movie. Oh. Was it ever going to be, Yeah. you know, a classic? Maybe not, but, no. but it's, still it's good, probably in it's the good fun. It's good fun. Um, on the 11th day of Christmas. Well, we're getting close to the end here. We are. Santa brought, it seems like it's gone quickly. Mm-hmm. Santa brought to me, girls allowed, jump for my love. flipped the script here what have you done I've flipped the script I've chosen a song from a Christmas movie that's not a Christmas it's song it's not a Christmas song Love Actually is is definitely a Christmas movie yes it's very Christmassy um, Jump For My Love is not a Christmas song but it is one of the most famous scenes Hugh in Grant. that movie Hugh yeah. Grant as Prime Minister dancing around <laughs> number 10 Downing yep absolutely love and love no, it's a famous one scene. of the most feel good best, best feel good moments in movie history. Mm. Um, Girls Aloud covered this because it was a bit more poppy and a bit more mainstream. They were popular at the time. But we know the original artists of this song, don't we? Oh, the Pointer Sisters. Have we ever seen the Pointer Sisters live? No, we tried to. <laughs> We've already covered this in our podcast. <laughs> Go with that. Go back. See if you can find that story. Um, <laughs> so there you go. So, so Jump For My Love is number 11. Number 12, which I know you Drum like. roll. Drum roll. Number 12. I mean, there's no, there's no order, but no number order. 12, we're finishing the 12 songs of Christmas. Please Come Home for Christmas. Oh, lovely song. By Southside Johnny Lynn. This will be ringing the glad, glad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. My baby's gone I have no friends To wish me greetings Once again Choirs will be singing And it hits the mark because it's all about them returning back from 
France to find him and everything else. And they're going, they're going back. They're they're catching a well. They're wait. They're catching a flight. Yeah, she's in the car. She but gets. She, she, why is she staying in the airport? They're oh, they're going she, to a hotel. They're going to get right. the flight later. And she's she going to stay there. in the airport. Yeah. John Candy drives her. With See the, if she can get a standby f- uh, seat or something, and yeah. John Candy finds her. But then they arrive at the exact same time. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that flight you didn't want to take? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mm. Huge in Sheboygan. <laughs> Big in Sheboygan. Polka, polka, polka. <laughs> <laughs> all made up alright it was originally performed by Charles Brown in 1960 now they're all old yeah, so all in and around that sort of late yeah. 40s to mid 60s yeah that's right yeah. Um, and many artists as you probably know have covered this song uh, the Eagles took it to number 18 in the US in 1978 Bon Jovi did a version mm. for a compilation of very spe- special a very special Christmas too and other artists who recorded include Mariah Carey James Brown Luther Vandross uh, Etta James, Harry Connick Jr., Pat Benatar, and B.B. King. So, wow. very, very <laughs> popular Christmas song. Great song. And also, I think Brian Adams might do a really good version of it. Oh, too. yeah. Really good version. Gonna, a great I'm guitar gonna, song. I'm going to research that later. Get that one down. So, there we go. Santa has come. And, and, and what and has he bring delivered? forth 12 classical Christmas songs from classical Christmas films. Soundtrack clause. Wow, guys. So, there's the 12 songs of Christmas. Now, I know that some of them weren't mentioned. I've got a couple of honourable mentions. I do as well. Um, I'll go through mine very quickly and then you can jump to yours. Yep. Mine, one's Hey Santa Claus, Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. Around when he's about to do the shopping. Hey Santa Claus. Hey, oh, said, that's right. About when he's about to go into the, into the department store. And the, uh, um, the shop assistant shows him where there's no, look, no lines or whatever. No line, Russ. See that? <laughs> no <line. laughs> um, Great scene. Another one, another honourable mention is uh, All Alone on Christmas by Darlene Love. Mm-hmm. When he starts going, when he's in Home Alone 2, when he's on the um, Brooklyn Bridge. Right. Going into New York in a cab. Great song. Um, another one is Merry Christmas Baby, which is another song by Charles Brown, who wrote, who uh, first performed Please Come Home for Christmas. Right. And that's in Jingle All the Way. Ah. Merry Christmas, baby. Shoot on to your And the last one is also a very popular one in the airport scene in Home Alone, and that's Run Run Rudolph. <laughs> of course, yeah. By Chuck Berry. How does that go? Marvin's cousin. Well, actually, pl- there's your Back to the Future <laughs> reference. And does that mean now, can we now confirm... Back, the to, back the to the Future is the center of the cinematic, cinematic universe. universe. That's Chuck Berry, yeah. Oh, play that song. So please. good, so good. Play it right now. Let's you wanna jump in? You wanna play now? Sure, okay. Definitely. Let's go, let's go. other ones um, mostly just because of the music taking me to that scene um, so 
two of them from Home Alone, actually three. Yep. Um, but two of them are very similar. Yep. Uh, Carol of the Bells mm. and Oh Holy Night. Beautiful. Beautiful songs. Aren't Excellent. they just beautiful songs? Excellent. And they, um, well, Oh Holy Night, you know, is when the assault sweeper from next door is seeing his granddaughter sing and quite emotional scene when you find out that he's beautiful scene. disconnected from the family. And so that's, that's a really good song. Mm-hmm. And Carol of the Bells when... Merv and Marv, sorry, and Harry and Harry are about to uh, try and take the house mm-hmm. for all it's worth. Yep. Um, so, you know, the dong, dong, and then, yeah, so it sort of raises the, the, the levels of the energy of the film right there. Can I just say something about that? Yes. And I think, John, you know how much we love John Williams. I think we've mentioned John Williams before, maybe not, a, not in much detail, mm-hmm. but John Williams, in my eyes, being the, the greatest movie composer of oh, all time. Absolutely. Um, he actually he did that so well with the Carol of the Bells, the singing, and then mm. blended it perfectly oh, into yes. the score oh, when yeah. he starts to go back and watch that plan. And yeah. The way that he blends that in into the actual suite that he's made for the movie, yeah. incredible. Awesome. Anyway, yeah. Love it when, when yeah. it was sort of, as you've talked about before, how the music helps the scene progress and stuff yep. like that is awesome. Yep. The other one is, have you mentioned this one? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? No. No. So that's another honourable mention from Home Alone. Right at the that's end. That's at the end. Yeah, when they come back. When they finally arrest the wet bandits. Yeah, it starts to snow yep. and they get taken away. Yep. Um, and I think that's it except one more from Elf. Baby, it's cold outside. Yes. When she's singing with, in the shower. Singing in the shower and, and he starts, starts to sing. Duetting with her. Zoe this? Deschanel. Yeah, it's that duet. I really can't stay. Da, 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 da. I don't know the word. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play it. Let's play it right now and you'll know what it's about. So really I'd better scurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. The neighbors might think Say what's in this drink I wish I knew how To break the spell I ought to say no, no, no Mind if I move in At least I'm gonna say that I try What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay Baby, it's cold outside. There we go. There we yeah, go. That so refreshes your memory, Mick. After those, we've probably almost got to 20 songs there, but... Mm. It's a Christmas special. We've probably given you so much content. Are there too many gifts under the tree? Oh, I mean, you could... I'm going to start getting those songs looped together into a Christmas. There's my Christmas album right there. Mm-hmm. I have a Christmas playlist. A lot of these songs are on it. I actually have a Christmas playlist on my on my iTunes. And we're about to go to a function later. Can you bring it and let's play it there? I might bring it. It has 453 songs on it. That's a lot. And it goes for one day. One for you were hoping that for a few. (laughs) I was hoping just for those 20. Yeah, well, it goes for one day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's stopped doing minutes and hours now. It's just gone. It's one full day (laughs) of nonstop Christmas music. Love it. I've got something on my. Um, thing here it's Rod Stewart's Christmas and all these oh, all of his Christmas songs some amazing Christmas my albums my kids are there. over it that I, I put it on every morning from December 1st but if you don't know any <laughs> every day by December 24 by, they're like turn the, off Rod Stewart <laughs> to 24 December yeah, 4th pretty much um, okay 
It, but if you don't know any of these great, if you don't know a Rod Stewart album or something mm-hmm. else that you can annoy your kids with, um, you could at least start with the twelve songs we've given you. Absolutely. Or, or the twenty, you know, almost twenty songs that we've mentioned today. Throw them on a playlist. All put that, that at the back of any venue or any uh, party, any sort of function in this period. Winning. No one is going to be unhappy. No, no absolutely one. not. Um, it might even get the conversation talking because they'll remember what movie it was from. Use some of the facts we've given you today yeah. in this episode. Oh, it's a conversation make, start. Make yourself sound a little bit more knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, we better get um, yep. going. We're off to a game of golf now. We're going to have a game of golf. We're going to have a round of nine before we'll our finish. Christmas function. Yep. We've got a Christmas function later. We'll have to finish our delicious and refreshing and very enjoyable mountain goat. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those people are definitely calling soon to start to the process something of, up mm-hmm. um so we'll, we'll have to uh negotiate that a little bit later as well beautiful guys thanks for joining us and from soundtrack from mick and liam from from us to you from us to you and your okay. kid merry, merry little, little christmas. christmas and a happy new year you filthy animal <laughs>